Hello, everyone. This is Joe Leach, um, VP of Sales for North America at Leverton. And today I have the pleasure of conducting a podcast interview with Brendan Canny from Openbox Software. Brendan, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Joe. Really looking forward to, to kind of chatting about some interesting topics with you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So, um, Brendan, um, our companies have, uh, have known each other for, you know, a little while now. Uh, so I'm decently familiar, but I'm very excited to get your take on um, what Openbox is up to and uh, some of the newer things you're doing with technology and automation. Um, first question that I have for you um, is, I think a lot of companies out there know Openbox because Openbox um, has been around for a long time. You actually were on a CRE Tech Trends panel with us at our user conference pretty recently. And one of the things that you said was that Openbox actually dates back before the whole CRE Tech terms and prop tech terms were even really around. Uh, I think back then, Openbox uh, specialized in developing custom software applications for real estate firms like Tishman Spire, for example. Um, but more recently, Openbox is doing a lot of other uh, newer cool things, um, including uh, a new business product line um, called your automation engine. Um, so for some of the folks out there that perhaps know the Openbox name but don't know about your automation engine, um, who I think you call Rob Spark. Maybe you could tell us a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, nail on the head there around kind of open box having been in the space for a long time. And, you know, as a company, we're always looking to to innovate and make sure that we're bringing the best value we can to our clients. And I think, you know, over the last year, a couple of years, what we've seen is really you know, companies starting to move away from, you know, custom building everything to to really leveraging the, the various point solutions uh, that are coming out of the huge amount of investment into the prop tech industry. Um, and so, you know, we kind of sat down as a group and try to try to get a sense of, you know, what do we think uh, is going to be the next disruptor or the next kind of real big trend uh, in, in real estate. Um, and we looked to other industries, you know, banking and finance and healthcare. Uh, and what became apparent to us is that there was a huge amount of companies moving towards, you know, uh, what was then called robotic process automation uh, and starting to essentially use a digital workforce uh, as a way to start handing over some of the more kind of manual, repetitive and rule-based process that they had employees doing um, towards actually using uh, software to do that. Um, and so, you know, what we did is we looked at this and we said, you know, we, we definitely know with our 17 years of experience that the real estate industry uh, is not immune to, uh, you know, manual processes and copying and pasting and things like that. And so, you know, we wanted to create an offering uh, for the real estate industry to, to kind of allow them to, uh, you know, benefit from, from RPA and, and, and automation. Um, you know, and you kind of mentioned the, the name we gave it of our automation engine. Um, and really the reason we called it that is because, you know, we looked at, at trends and, and realized that, you know, more and more companies, especially in the real estate industry, are looking to try and have a situation where they're focusing in on their core business, which is, you know, either, you know, managing funds or purchasing property or managing property. Uh, and they don't really want to be bothered with, with you know, essentially back office things like like automating processes. And so 
what we did is we kind of created a what we call robotics as a service, right? So we took all the benefits of robotic process automation that a lot of the other companies have in-house, and we packaged that up, and we now offer that as as a as almost like software as a service, but in this case, robots as a service. Um, and you know, those we take for granted, you know, a lot of those terms, and I think why we created this character Rob Spark uh, was really to kind of you know come up with that sense of you know, you're essentially working with us and with Rob, who, who in this case is actually a digital worker. So he doesn't exist. But the great thing about Rob and the open box automation engine is you can kind of see Rob as, you know, someone that you would be outsourcing to. So much like the, you know, the old school um, kind of process uh, outsourcing, uh, you're essentially doing the same thing with open box. You're outsourcing one or more processes uh, to a digital workforce. And then Rob really represents that digital workforce. That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so we're seeing RPA uh, start to transform some of those really mundane, manual, and time-consuming processes that real estate professionals have been doing for many years, and in some cases, decades. Um, so in a recent survey I saw you guys did at Openbox, where you polled about 400 C-level and senior executives in the CRE space, uh, about 50% of them um, recognize that automation is one of the game-changing, you know, disruptive technologies in real estate. Um, so what are you seeing as far as uh, adoption of automation, um, as far as the speed that companies are starting to um, take on these types of services and these types of technologies, and, and what kind of challenges are you seeing um, from the real estate space, um, these automation uh, tools solving? Yeah, so, you know, I think that that survey was an interesting one. And, you know, the Altus Group uh, do an, an interesting research panel every year. Uh, and we kind of worked with them on, on really trying to unpack the automation side of that. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the interesting thing is, you know, automation is now something that's actually, you know, been around for quite a while. Um, you know, those other industries I mentioned, you know, banking and finance and healthcare you know, they have proven this technology and this approach out. And, and so now what we're seeing is, you know, especially in the real estate space, you know, companies and execs are always under pressure to do less with more. Um, you know, it's, it's not often that an exec is going into a budgeting cycle and being told, hey, you know, he has a whole bunch extra money to do the same amount of work. Uh, it's, it's always the reverse of that, right? Which is like, how can we do less? Uh, how can we do more with less? Um, and that less is both from a cost standpoint as well as from a personnel count because, you know, I read a very interesting stat the other day um, on the Bureau of Labor. Um, basically, at the moment in the U.S., and this is, you know, across the U.S. Uh, and not specifically to, to real estate or to anything like that, but there's actually only 0.9 of a person per every one job that's available in America. Um, and so really what that's meant is that companies are, you know, even if you want to find better staff or more staff, uh, you know, it's, it's virtually impossible to, to do that in, in, a, in a quick manner. Um, and what's also interesting is, you know, given the millennial workforce we have at the moment, you know, those are the types of workers that aren't willing to do those kind of mundane and boring tasks. And so, you know, what we're seeing is companies looking to try and find ways to, to kind of augment their, their workforce. So, you know, either to be able to do the same amount of work with less people or to really make sure that the people they do have are focused in on doing 
you know, meaningful uh, tasks that are worth kind of the salaries that they're being paid. Um, you know, some other things that are interesting from an automation standpoint is, you know, it, automation is far easier to adopt than, you know, a new kind of rollout of an ERP or something like that. You know, what we've seen with our clients is we've been able to get processes up and running uh, within weeks uh, as opposed to kind of months and years with bigger ERP rollouts. Um, and the other th great thing about it is it can kind of work with your systems as, as you have them set up today. Um, and so, you know, I think another thing that's really driving the look towards automation is, is kind of this movement, uh, you know, to, to more of a, a point solution stack as opposed to a single stack. You know, it, it's kind of like cloud. You know, everyone, everyone was hosting on-prem and then there was this big movement to cloud. Uh, and now what we're seeing in the industry is everyone moving away from having one big kind of ERP running your entire business to actually having these multiple systems. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of what's driving people and companies to look at automation. Um, and, you know, I think, I think there's a number of things uh, that, that cl clients can and should be doing. And I think maybe we can unpack that as a, as a separate question around like, you know, what do, what do you need to do as a kind of company that's looking into automation? Uh, you know, what are some good candidates? Um, and then also, you know, how can you be, how can you make sure that you're going to have success? So, you know, I think, you know, Joe, you know, I'd love to kind of unpack a little bit of the stuff that, that we're doing with Leviton in terms of, you know, letting people know what's possible when you kind of combine, you know, RPA and, and kind of the, what some people refer to as kind of dumb robotic processes uh, with some of these new kind of cognitive and AI tools like, like Leviton's providing. Um, so, you know, what I, what I almost want to do is, is kind of go on a quick kind of journey on, on automation within the real estate industry and kind of unpack what we see as the, the changes that have happened uh, and then maybe what, what we can do is unpack some of the stuff we're doing together. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I think um, that's a good segue into another uh, term, which uh, is IPA, which is Intelligent Process Automation. Um, before we jump into that, which I would love to do, um, I think one thing that might be interesting um, for you to unpack a little further uh, is um, this idea that you pose around robotics as a service, um, which is, is a newer term as well. Um, and I'm curious if you could uh, explain a little bit about why it is that robotics as a service is being so widely adopted um, by your clients versus I think, you know, the alternative would be um, just classic RPA, um, licensing a tool yourself, um, kind of, you know, implementing that yourself in-house rather than working with uh, an RPA robotics as a service provider like Openbox? What are the advantages to doing it that way? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, you know, we, when we first decided to, to kind of go down the route of, of process automation, uh, we did look to basically follow a similar platform to, you know, what the big four consultancy uh, and audit firms were doing, which is, which is more focused in on consulting and implementing uh, RPA and automation within organizations. Um, and the problem we found there was, you know, implementing automation is not, you know, it's not just an overnight thing. Uh, you know, a lot of the automation platforms and things, you know, kind of come in and tell you how, you know, within a couple of weeks you can be up and running and, you know, you can have your teams doing their own automations and things like that. But, you know, the research we actually did very much kind of pointed towards a situation where you actually need to make sure that you're investing the right amount of time 
people and money into implementing automation. So, you know, what that means is that, you know, you're essentially doing a full system selection as a company around, you know, which is the best automation platform to use. Uh, then you're having to kind of identify a team of individuals and train those individuals up within your organization. Uh, then you're having to kind of build out these processes, deploy the processes. And then something that a lot of companies forget is, is you need to kind of support these as well. So, you know, it's not just a fire and forget approach. You know, you do have to make sure that someone in your organization or multiple people in your organization are, are monitoring and supporting these processes. Um, and so, you know, the research we did found that you know, there are absolutely, an, uh, you know, a number of companies out there that have implemented RPA internally that have had great success stories. Uh, you know, Walgreens, as an example, and, and Bank of New York, uh, you know, those have very successful internal RPA uh, right. kind of teams. But what we, what we found is that a number of smaller, you know, medium-sized companies started that journey and they just didn't have enough time, uh, people, and money to kind of invest. And what, what we found is that, you know, in the region of 60% of these internally run uh, automation initiatives ended up failing. Uh, and so you've gone and wasted a whole bunch of time and money and, and probably, you know, lost faith in the process and, and the business has lost faith in automation. And so we kind of wanted to, to improve the chances of, of people being successful. And so we decided to really leverage the fact that as a company, we have 17 years of real estate specific experience as well as IT knowledge. And we thought, you know, why can't we go through and create a platform where we're leveraging, you know, what we've learned over that time to start creating a service model where, you know, we can go all the way from working with a business to either identify good candidates for automation or if they already have a bunch that they've identified, you know, work with them to ensure that those would be good candidates, go through the actual build process, uh, and then host that uh, automation for them, and then also provide ongoing support. So in essence, what you get when you work with Openbox in this kind of RAS platform is the you have the ability to benefit from automation, you know, the ability to scale, the ability to rapidly deploy, all of that. You then benefit from also Openbox having gone through and worked with a number of companies. Um, and then as well as that, you know, you're getting ongoing support. Um, we've already had a handful of examples where, you know, we've built out a process for one client um, that in, in conversations with another, they're like, oh, well, we do essentially the exact same thing. And so what you start getting as well with the open box automation engine is you're not constantly having to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, we, we're right. starting to be able to reuse some portions of these automations. And so, you know, we feel that our model allows a small to medium sized company to be able to kind of start working with RPA in a, in a manner where they're not spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and, you know, six months to a year getting up and running. They're able to, in some examples, we've had guys up and running in a matter of weeks, uh, spending less than $10,000. So it just makes RPA and automation far more accessible. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially for those uh, small, medium-sized companies, companies that don't want to invest uh, time, you know, money, bodies in getting these things implemented. Um, it really allows uh, yeah, automation to, to be something that really almost anybody can take advantage of, which is great. Um, so let's jump into the, the journey now, Brendan. I would love to do that. Um, let's talk about uh, intelligent process automation, um, which, uh, to your point, um, you know, brings the leverage also into the picture. And, and it's, it's really looking, um, you know, as I understand it, 
as a combination of really the best in breed um, of automation tools, robotics process tools, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning tools, and, and creating a, a holistic automated solution for the client. Um, could you tell us a bit about, um, you know, some of those processes for, you know, intelligent process automation um, and, uh, you know, how you see that uh, affecting real estate companies? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think with any type of technology, you know, everything's kind of a journey, right? So I think, you know, if we rewind the clocks back a number of years, uh, when you spoke about automation, you know, often people were referring to, you know, systems, right? So if you look at the real estate industry ages ago, there was a, there was a level of automation that was being handled from, you know, products like, uh, you know, Yardy, MRI, JD Edwards, um, you know, th those are kind of system automations where, you know, you moved off of potentially in, in some cases, you know, handwritten notes, in other cases, things like Excel files and things like that. So, you know, that was, that was kind of automation at, at, in its beginning phases. Um, then we kind of moved off of, you know, just automation into, into kind of RPA. Um, and RPA, when it first kind of came out, was really just an evolution of, you know, some automated tools like the ability to scrape, you know, a website or the ability to record a macro in Excel. Um, and what, what happened was, uh, you know, again, the, the investment from, you know, banking and finance and things like that led to the creation of these enterprise-grade platforms or RPA platforms. Uh, and, you know, today you have a handful of, of the platforms that you can choose from. You know, there's uh, Blue Prism, there's Automation Anywhere, UiPath, you know, there's a handful of, of really great platforms out there. Um, and in their first iteration, RPA was really, you know, people often refer to it, and I said it before, to these as kind of dumb robotic processes, right? They, they, were, they were kind of able to do a lot of automations, but they required the person working on that automation to really be able to clearly map out every eventuality within a process. Um, and so you had to essentially tell the robot what to do at every phase and every step. Um, and what that meant was that there were, you know, a number of kind of use cases in, in RPA uh, that that weren't you weren't able to do so you know where there was a, a level of thinking or user interaction that needed to happen you couldn't fully automate a process um, and so you know moving moving forward from RPA we started to then see companies coming in with artificial intelligence and machine learning and cognition and you know that's where a company like Leviton has kind of come in is is to you know start being able to take processes that in the past may have been something that only humans were able to do and starting to try and have the ability to have computers and systems start mimicking you know human behavior and human thinking um and you know a good example of ai is you know things like your virtual assistant whether you're using you know an amazon echo or a google home um, you know, everyone's kind of experienced that AI where machines are starting to be able to interact with human beings. Um, and, you know, Leviton, again, a great example, you know, everyone in the real estate industry knows how, you know, tough it is to be able to read a commercial property lease here in New York, uh, to be able to use a machine to actually be able to read and interpret uh, a lease and then pull out an abstract uh, information out of that and structure it is, is huge, right? And so, you know, where we're at today now is, is basically being able to combine the best of RPA, so the enterprise platform that allows you to structure things and have, you know, a workflow and have, 
you know, all kinds of different, uh, you know, error, error trapping and, and kind of that kind of stuff. Uh, and then combining that, combining those what were previously dumb robots with, you know, platforms like Leviton that apply a level of cognition and thinking. Um, and that now has led us to a point where we're now talking about intelligent process automation. Um, and I think, you know, it's always, you know, we, th we in the industry, in the tech industry, love to throw around kind of acronyms and, you know, we've been doing that already today. But I think, you know, let's, let's maybe take a real world example so that, you know, people that are listening to this podcast can get a sense of, of what IPA actually looks like today. Um, and I think, you know, I think a good example is, and Joe, you and I have been working on, an, on this with a number of clients is, uh, you know, if you look at something like your invoice process today, um, you know, depending on which company you're at, you may be completely manual. So you may have a situation where, you know, invoices are coming in uh, through, you know, paper and post uh, all the way through to, you know, more advanced companies where maybe you have some kind of automation uh, software in place that's, you know, scanning your invoices and things like that. Um, but, you know, any way you look at that, the process today still has a number of manual steps. Um, and so Openbox and, and Leviton are working together to, to basically leverage our automation engine uh, and the Leviton AI platform to really blue sky what an invoice process could look like. Um, and so if we unpack that a little bit, essentially what you wind up with is a situation where a, a company could work with Openbox and Leviton where the Openbox automation engine is monitoring, you know, either an email box or maybe a file share uh, or a combination of both. Um, and what happens is when an invoice comes in, um, what, what Openbox automation engine can do is basically open that file um, and using Leviton's APIs, uh, we can push that file into Leviton um, and then Leviton's AI tools and their, their OCR tools are able to essentially scan and OCR that, that uh, invoice um, and then using AI and, and machine learning uh, are able to kind of process and then learn from uh, the contents of that invoice and take the contents of that invoice and, uh, and structure that to a model uh, that Leviton works with the client to define so that at the end of the day, what you wind up with is, um, you know, the ability to say, you know, okay, well, what invoice number is this? Who's the vendor? Uh, what date did it come through? What's the amount? All of that kind of stuff gets pulled out by Leviton and structured um, so that then the open box automation engine can take that structured data uh, and start to do things like lookups uh, within, you know, let's say, for example, you're using Yardi. Uh, you know, we can say, oh, well, this is an invoice from your legal firm. Uh, we can take that invoice information and actually go and do the entry of that invoice into a system like Yardi or MRI or JD Edwards, um, much like some of these other platforms would do. But the real difference is, is that using AI, you know, you haven't had to have, you know, someone at the third party or potentially someone inside your company, you know, try and abstract that information out of that invoice. You, you wind up with a situation where the only involvement that the client has is reviewing the final output of the process to say, yep, I'm happy with, with the way that this invoice has been captured and coded. Uh, you know, and that, and that last piece, that coding is a big one. You know, a lot of the, the AP automation today are not a, actually able to code those invoices. And so the, the combination of Leviton and, and the Openbox automation engine means that we can actually do more uh, than kind of just your standard automation software. So, you know, that, that's what it could look like for, for invoices. 
it could look the same for a number of other document types as well. And I know, you know, Leviton as a platform, Joe, I know it does way more than just, you know, invoices. You guys are, you know, doing all kinds of different document types, but really the, the overall workflow is the same, right? Which is getting a document, using AI to abstract that document and to, you know, learn from, from that abstraction process and then doing something with that data. Um, and we're really excited to see how far we can push that in the future. Absolutely. I, I completely agree that, uh, you know, that AP invoice automation use case is a, a very compelling one. I know it's something that, you know, both from, from your side and from my side, we've received a lot of inbound interest from, from companies in, in that area. But uh, to your point, it, it's, a, it's a process that, you know, really can be replicated for a lot of other types of use cases. You know, any situation where there's a lot of repetitive reading of documentation, um, that's, you know, done by a person, you know, day in, day out, um, manual, mundane sort of work. Um, that, that's really the low-hanging fruit, uh, you know, as we see it, I think, um, that really, you know, can um, be taught to a machine. Um, and then with this, you know, these great automation tools that Openbox provides, um, you know, can actually even be, be entered into some sort of target system, whether it's an ERP system, um, an accounting system, a Yardi, an MRI, a JD Edwards, so on and so forth. Getting back to the IPA, uh, what do you see in the space as far as changes and trends um, aside from, you know, this uh, invoice use case? What, what else are you seeing out there? I think an interesting one uh, is, you know, lots of people are, are starting to look towards intelligent sort of chatbots, um, you know, so being able to you know, chat with a service inside your company uh, and have that be able to kind of answer questions or do things in the background. And, you know, one of the companies we're talking to at the moment says that, you know, their AP department is, is always flooded with requests from property managers to understand, you know, hey, you know, this invoice was submitted last week. Has it been paid yet? Where is it? Uh, and currently that, that requires someone in AP to like log in and look for that invoice and then, you know, reply back to that, that property manager. Uh, and so that's another example of where, you know, we're looking to, to remove people from that process. So, and, and I think a good point, a segue at the moment is just, you know, a lot of people look at this and they're like, oh, you know, the robots are going to come in and take our jobs and, and that kind of stuff. And I think that's, you know, I think we're, we're still quite far out of, of, of that kind of horror scenario where, you know, implementing RPA is going to get rid of a whole bunch of people. You know, it's more about augmenting those people. So instead of having your highly trained AP staff, you know, logging into your ERP every five minutes to tell a property manager whether an invoice has been paid or loaded, um, what we're able to do is use a combination of, you know, AI in the form of a chatbot to understand what request a user is asking and then leverage RPA in the background to then be able to go in and log in and do those repetitive tasks. Um, and so the feedback we've been getting from most of our clients has been that, you know, even the, the business users that may have initially been quite skeptical about embracing AI and RPA are now kind of the biggest kind of, <laughs> you know, they're heroing it within the organization because it's, it's meaning that people that used to be completely slammed and busy and, you know, the whole day are now actually able to kind of focus in on their core tasks. And so that was quite an exciting thing for us to kind of hear from our clients is that, you know, not only is this helping them do less with more, but it's actually helping the people that used to be doing those processes as well, which is, which is good to hear. Um, you know, some other processes we've, we've been looking at doing is, 
being able to take, you know, unstructured email uh, and you know, using a combination of natural language processing and RPA, be able to start understanding what what needs to be done with an email. Um, you know, so for example, uh, you know, being able to read an email and understand what what someone's asking. Maybe they're asking for, you know, five or six different reports to be run out of ERP and then to kind of get some trend analysis out of that. Um, and being able to kind of combine that ability to process natural language uh, and then combine that with a repetitive process like running a bunch of reports. Um, and another other interesting place is, is kind of, you know, a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about this new big trend of big data. Um, and really what we found is that, you know, big data is only useful if you can actually make sense of it. Um, and so, you know, being able to leverage things like predictive analytics and AI to start, you know, going through these large data sets uh, and starting to actually make, you know, sense out of, out of what's in there um, is a big thing as well. Absolutely. That, uh, that last one is one that um, Leverton and my colleagues and I are very interested in. Um, any situation where you have a repository of data um, like we are creating for our clients obviously lends itself to that sort of analysis and capability to slice and dice it and query it. Um, so that's, you know, certainly a, an area that Leverton is also very keen on um, is the whole predictive analysis recommendations engine. Um, what can you do with all that data once you've centralized it, captured it, structured it? Um, what sort of business insights can you glean from it? To wrap up, um, I'm going to throw some stats out there, which are, you know, things that we saw in a recent report around intelligent process automation in the global market. Um, in 2018, it's projected to be at about $7.5 billion. Um, by 2023, that will have grown to $13.75 billion. And that's at a compound annual growth rate of 13% um, over that five-year span. Um, so with that in mind, this is obviously something that's, you know, a growing space. It's rapidly growing. Um, what is your advice with all of your experience to real estate organizations out there um, that are just starting to look at um, automation or haven't even, you know, really scratched the surface? Um, what, what, are, what is your advice um, for starting to implement um, and evaluate how this can benefit them? Yeah, I mean, those those figures are staggering. And I think what's, you know, again, like back to what I said in the beginning, you know, I don't think that this is, you know, cutting edge. I don't think that, you know, we're looking at people in the early phase of adoption. I really feel like, you know, IPA and AI and all of this are, you know, are at the point where general adoption is happening. And I think my most important message is, is act now. Um, you know, you don't don't kind of get stuck in analysis paralysis trying to find like the perfect process to automate or the perfect solution. Um, you know, you need to you need to kind of look at your budget, and if you don't have a line item in that budget uh, for looking at intelligent process automation in this coming financial year, you know, you either need to create that or you need to find some funds from somewhere else to to really put some traction into looking at this. Um, you know. Things like the open box automation engine mean that this doesn't have to be a huge project. You don't have to go and do, you know, an implementation that's going to cost upwards of $100,000. You know, you don't have to right. reinvent the wheel, you know, get going, leverage, leverage, do some proof of concept, you know, work with, work with an open box and Leverton to look at what, you know, an intelligent process like lease abstraction or invoice abstraction could look like, uh, you know, 
you don't have to have a lot of money to do that and you don't have to kind of get stuck into the cycle of, you know, let's wait and see because it's happening and it's happening now. And if you wait any longer, you're going to be, you know, behind the curve and you're going to be reading about all of these other companies that are doing great things in the space and, and be left behind. So really for me, it's simple. It's, it's act now. It's, you know, get going. Great advice. All right. One last question, a very generic one, but it can be fun. Five to 10 years from now, um, where will intelligent automation have gone by then? What's your prediction? So I think sort of three interesting points. I think there's going to be massive leaps in machines, kind of abil cognitive abilities. Uh, you know, so I think, uh, I think soon we're going to get to a point where, you know, robots are doing a better job uh, at kind of reading and interpreting uh, inf information than we are. Um, and I feel confident in saying that because, you know, I read an article recently where, you know, they pitted uh, a bunch of lawyers against an AI process in reviewing contracts uh, and the AI process did a better job than the lawyers. So, you know, it's time for the legal industry and, and for some of these analysts out there to, to watch out for their jobs because the robots are getting better and better. Um, so I think that's definitely something that's going to be happening. Uh, I think in the next couple of years, we're going to start to see uh, you know, automation, this kind of concept of automation stores becoming available. So, you know, much like the Apple App Store where you can kind of go and get exactly what you want, you know, I'm seeing more and more services that are going to be starting to provide different types of automation in a way that's, you know, consumable in the exact kind of flavor that, that users want to kind of have. Um, and then I think as well in the next five to ten years, when you combine the enhancement in, in kind of and focus on, you know, UI and UX, uh, as well as advancements in this kind of cognitive ability of machines, I think this concept of do-it-yourself automation is going to become truly possible. Uh, you know, we're, we're already seeing a number of platforms out there that have been around for a while, like, you know, If This Then That, and, and a number of these other automation platforms where, you know, some of the more uh, technical-minded people are, are creating some crazy automations, and I think it's just going to become more and more simple, and you're going to have more and more uh, organizations with the ability to really build out their own flavor of automation using that app store, but then also using, you know, this concept of, of you know, UI-driven automation. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting space to watch. Agreed. Pleasure speaking with you, Brendan, as always. Really appreciate your time um, and, you know, very excited to continue exploring uh, use cases around automation with you and seeing what comes next. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're very excited to, to work with you guys as well. It's, a, it's an awesome space to be in. Awesome. Thanks, Brendan. That's going to conclude our podcast for the day. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Jeff.